Hey everybody, David here from Team Powerhouse, the Powercast. It is Tuesday night, it is five o'clock, and do we have a special guest for you? First question is, are we live? Are we on Instagram? Are we on Facebook? Are we on YouTube? That's what I wanna know, and that's what I wanna see, because we're excited to be here with you guys. I have a very special guest. Her name is Tiffany Katz. Um, if you're not watching us now on Instagram, if you're not on YouTube, or on Facebook, get on. It's the best way to get us. Also, Twitch. YouTube Team Powerhouse Real Estate. Hold on one second. On YouTube Team Powerhouse Real Estate, hit subscribe. If you're gonna be on the Instagram, Team Powerhouse Real Estate, we have TikTok, we have many different outlets for people to come and see you there, Tiffany. All right, Rudy. So Eric is back home or in the car. Eric, where are you, in the car? Yes. All right, thank you so much for joining us today. Eric's been running around, very busy, uh, joining the show with us over here today. So I have Tiffany Katz, she's from TMK Consulting. Good evening, David, how are Good you? Evening. So what does it mean, TMK Consulting? Well, it's actually just my initials. Tiffany M for Michelle Katz Consulting. I love it. Now, how long have you been doing this type of work? Um, I was a special ed teacher here in Connecticut for over 10 years, and I decided it was time to go to the other side of the table, as we call it, and I left the classroom to move into advocacy. Fantastic. That's very cool. Um, you know, this is a very, um, I'll call it sensitive subject, something that is going to be very important for people to learn and understand about, because sometimes parents don't know if they have a child that special needs. Sometimes a parent doesn't know what special needs is and what avenues they have for themselves. And there's a lot of things we're going to cover today. Now, we have an iPad in front of us. It's a little delayed as you're watching it over here, I think. So don't focus on this. We're doing this right here. Um, in the meantime, let me talk about you and what you do, okay? So for the people out there who are watching, if you have a child, at what ages do you work with, by the way? I start with children as young as about... Three years old, which is when you go, you transition from the birth to three program okay. into the public school system. Interesting. Very interesting. So you're saying that people can start to identify that their child may have a special need. Um, and a special need could be a listening, could be actions. What kind of things would they be looking for in a child at this age? Well, babies... It's all about their developmental growth. Okay. Not walking, not talking, not making eye contact, not doing the simple things like waving or clapping. Interesting. Not speaking okay. early enough, speech skills, not using their hands, their muscles. And that is always is usually referred to the birth to three program. Okay. In the state of Connecticut. So you'd be at your pediatrician, probably. Yes. And they would say to you, you know what? It's possible your child has a special needs. Or something that we and they would refer over. you to the Birth to Three program. Okay. Give you that information. And then Birth to Three would come to your home and yes. do evaluations. Yes. And provide whatever services were necessary. All right. Give me a favor. Come a little closer to the table. I want people to be able to see you out there in the public. I want her to know this face and this smile, the person she is, because they're going to have questions for you at some point in the future. And they could be watching this show right now, have questions for us, where Jonathan is paying attention. So if anybody has questions on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, and it's important to ask the questions about this kind of subject, right? Yes. How do you learn about something like this if you don't have someone that's in front of you talking about it, right? So it can be zero to three at the earliest ages. 
And then it goes on from... At three years old, the public school becomes responsible for educating your child. Oh, wow. Three years old. With special needs. And they take over four birth to three. Birth to three will send you to the public school. They'll refer you to them. And they will hold what they call a PPT meeting to discuss your child's eligibility and any other future evaluations or things they want to do. And then provide services from there. Very interesting. Okay. So let's start with, where is your office? Well, my office is located in Orange, Connecticut, but I am all over the state. So you work the whole state of Connecticut. That's yep. fantastic. And I've even, with remote, been able to work a little bit in Rhode Island. That's fantastic. You know, I don't know how many people do what you do, but I bet you that people don't know to reach out to you. So let's make sure that Jonathan has your contact information online available for people to see. Jonathan, I'm not sure if you have in hand her cell number you want to just mm -hmm. please if that's is that the best way to contact your yes cell number? All right. absolutely what is tiffany's cell number please 203-887-3996 so jonathan's got your information up on the yes. for people to reach out to you excellent <clears throat> so you work all over the state it starts at, from zero to three they start to notice these kind of things which could be available but sometimes kids don't notice at this young age. Correct. You don't find out until they're in school already. Yes, correct. And they're having maybe some troubles in different classrooms or different subjects. It doesn't mean that they're across the board having problems necessarily, right? Correct. Um, are there any subjects in school that you find that trigger this learning disability or something along the lines of a disability? And it's not just learning disabilities. We have other avenues and facets of what you cover too. So we'll just yes. get into that in a minute. Um, usually... You know, it comes out a lot in learning to read, learning math basic skills, handwriting, depending upon what the disability is. Okay. Learning disabilities often are not diagnosed until an older age because it comes with disabilities of learning within the classroom setting. I, I will say to you that I've from first-hand use myself and people in the family that I know and many other families that I know who have kids with a learning disability or some kind of disability across the board, typically find out later, not as early as the zero to three, unless it's very physically visual with a child, correct? Correct. All right. Correct. So, um, um, although those with, on the autism spectrum, which okay. is a lot of families I work with, yes. um, they tend to know very, very young. Okay. So let's go into autism. So autism is a very wide spectrum of autism. And, and again, I'm not very knowledgeable in autism. I'm learning slowly. Um, and it's a very interesting field because someone can be autistic and probably smarter than I am or anybody else. That is correct. And they also can be uh, having functional disabilities mentally and physically. Correct. So when it comes to autism, and listen, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. So when I say smarter me, I mean smarter than smarter people. So let me just make sure I make that clear. Um, but no, autism is definitely something that is a very unique disability um, because it could be something like you just said, it could be found very early in age based on their conditions, their eye hand movements, what they're doing. And it could be something that they find later on in their conversation. It could be something they're skill writing, reading, understanding, right? Usually autism, because it's so behaviorally based, yeah. it is known much, much younger because it's about transitioning you know, being able to handle different stimuli, sensory things. So autism tends to be diagnosed at a much younger age. Interesting. Than 
um, other disabilities. Other Autism right. <laughs> also is a medical, usually is diagnosed by medical doctors. Okay. Schools can test for autism and see, say things look like autism, but usually a doctor actually diagnoses. That makes a lot of sense and uh, good to know for the people out there as well. Again, if you're listening out there, if you know somebody, friend or family, who that has some kind of disability, a child, parent, uh, somebody you know that may have questions about this kind of stuff, maybe that they have a child that they're not sure or maybe they're concerned about that has some kind of, it could be a, a child who was getting into trouble. How about a person who's getting in trouble a lot at home, not listening to their parents, not because they're not smart enough, because they're just behaving poorly. Would that be a disability? Um, it can be. Um, the way it works, just it's, it's a, like everything else, to be diagnosed with a school-based disability, you know, you, there's a whole process for that. And so schools will first try and give children services to remediate without going into special education. And if that is not successful, then they will evaluate, mostly with a big push from the parents, yes. but they will evaluate for special, for learning disabled disabilities, attention disorders, behavioral disabilities. And from that testing, you formulate an IEP if the child qualifies. And in that IEP, you have to pick a designated label. All right, we're jumping a little bit ahead for yes. one second because this is very deep, very, very, a lot of information over here. Eric, if you want to jump at any point, at any point over here, uh, please don't hesitate. Eric is, again, not sitting in the studio with us. He is live with us. He's in a vehicle parked on the side of the road, not driving. I hope not. Because he's very safe. Go, Eric. Um, <laughs> um, I did. Well, I had I have some questions, but um, you haven't quite gotten to the part of the actual academic part of it. So okay. Well, let's go into that then. I'm happy you asked that, Eric. So, um, how does a family get in touch with you? Uh, first of all, um, a family can get in touch with me via email, via telephone. Um, and you just give me a call and we chat from there. But before that part, which is the easy part for us here, their child has a disability, if it's a problem, they're in school. Does the school say, hey, listen, I know a great young lady, her name is Tiffany Katz. You should reach out to her and let her do some testing with you or help you get special programming available. Do schools like to do that or are they kind of like, eh, not, not for that? Not usually. First off, if a school recommends me, usually they have to pay the bill. Okay. And I am paid by the parents. Okay. I work for the families, not for the schools or the, the school systems. So you're the advocate for the parent to make sure the school is, is providing the services the kids need. Correct. Because the school is going to cost the school money. Correct. In order to bring the people in, the professionals. Exactly. So they don't always necessarily are looking out for your child's best interest. We hate to think that, but then they're maybe not going to go out on a limb and say, hey, we need to bring somebody special in for this child here because this child needs services. Is what you're saying to me? Absolutely. Okay, so important to know. If you think your child may have some kind of disability or limitability and they're going to a public or private school, it doesn't matter, right? Um, it slightly matters. The process is a bit different. Okay. But there is a process for both private schools and public schools. Before we touch on that also, uh, can you explain to me um, what IDEA is, please? Okay. IDEA stands for Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. That is the law that governs special ed worldwide. 
And that is a federal law. Protective service for kids to make sure that they have the ability to get educated. Yes, and that is a series of laws that make up special ed law. Okay, that's and very important to know about. each state takes those laws and they implement them the way that they hear them or they want to implement them. That doesn't mean it's necessarily how we want them to Correct. be Correct. They're so a bit ambiguous to give money. school districts the opportunity to use them how they want to, but they are available. legal laws. And there are also legal services that are available to kids. Because listen, many kinds of families, no matter where you come from, no matter what language you speak, no matter what your background is, can have a child with some kind of disability. Absolutely. And it's probably more um, understood today than ever before. I remember when I was a kid, the word learning disability was not a conversation piece that ever came up in school. You were probably someone who got in trouble because you didn't get things, didn't get good grades, and got class trouble clown. because you're... you're could be a class clown, and even today, the kids who sometimes don't understand are class clowns. So this is where I'm kind of thinking about like families and people and kids. So let's talk about the different kind of services you provide, uh, for example, of different elements. So I provide the service of really being a support for the parents. I go with them to the PPTs. I read through all the different paperwork. I make sure how many hours their child's getting in service, are they getting enough hours? If not, I help the parents advocate in the meeting to get more hours. Anybody who sat through a PPT meeting can tell you it is an extraordinarily intimidating experience. What I can say to you from going through sitting at the PPT meetings, you sit there and you like have like, uh, you're just kind of confused, it's a little, it's overwhelming. So, um, it's educational. It's a whole room filled with educational professionals, school psychologists, yeah. teachers, principals, administrators, and it's very overwhelming. And they speak in a language of special ed, which you just spoke beautifully, the word IDA. They will never spell out the term. They just say IDA as though everybody at the table knows. As a, as a matter of fact, it's IDEA. IDEA, yes. And when you say it, it sounds like IDA. And on right. the, when you sit down at the table listening to people talk about it, you're just hearing like wah wah wah. It's tough. I'll, I'll tell you because you, as a parent, care so much about your kids, and all you want is them to succeed and do well. And I know when I sat down before the table, I had like you know the, whether it was reading or math or whatever the issue was with a child that they generally cared about the child once they found that there was a learning ability, and they really tried to make efforts now. And I'm sure the different schools you go to, depending where they are, um, they have better or worse you know, people that want to put that effort into it. Yes, um, but when you sit at these meetings, it's very overwhelming for families, and I am the person that sits there and I ask the questions. You also have the emotional component. There is nothing more emotional than a group of adults talking about your child and most likely their weaknesses, their struggles, and it's it's really hard to hear as a parent. You and actually you feel talking badly about your child that that they're not smart enough for this information. And you become very defensive, and so sometimes you forget to advocate, or in a lot of cases, parents don't know. If you tell me yeah. as the teacher my child needs an hour of reading, they don't know they can say, well, 
what about two hours? Right, or, or three I, hours, or whatever it needs or, to be done. You know, why, why one hour? You know, they don't know that. And so that's where I come in because I am not emotionally attached in the same way, obviously, a mom or a dad is to their child. Right. So I do all of that. You're a representative for the family and the child to make sure they're going to get as much advocacy, education, and special support, support that they can get. Yes. So let's talk about the different kinds of service you work with. You work with ADD. I work with basically any child who has any kind of learning disability, learning disorder or is speculated to from ADD to executive functioning disabilities, learning disabilities, children who are cognitively disabled, um, what is autistic. What does cognitively disabled mean? Well, the, the term cognitively disabled is the now term we use. To be really politically incorrect. Just tell me how it really, what it really is. Because that term was, used to be intellectually disabled or before that mentally retarded. Which really isn't what it is. It, it means that your IQ is below, I believe, I believe it's about 70. If you have an IQ below 70, you are considered cognitively disabled. Which doesn't mean anything more than the fact that you don't have to get by to understand information and have to learn new processes to take information and process it so you understand something. They do work, right? Correct. Uh, that's very interesting stuff. So we have... And then, of course, there's behaviorally disabled kids, which is, you know, your children that have psychological disabilities. Um, What's a psychological disability, if that's okay to ask that question? It could be, um, usually they're behavioral, schizophrenic, those kind of disabilities that are affecting your child's ability to learn. Okay. That's what the, the document is. Okay. It's any disability that is making it Hard, it is blocking your child from being able to learn appropriately in the classroom. It's affecting their academic performance. Okay. And the age groups you work with typically are more in the line of like elementary, junior high, middle school, high schoolers? Usually it's about preschool through 24. Oh, wow. Public schools are mandated. I don't know off the top of my head. It's either 22, 23, or 24, but they are mandated to educate children into their 20s. So you could be also getting special help in college as well? Well, it's not in college. Okay. The children that don't graduate high school at seven, you know, at 17, 18 years old after their senior year, because they're not going off to traditional college, they stay within what the school districts call a transition program. Okay. And they vary greatly from one school to another. So what you're saying is basically they have another school after high school for people over the age of 17 or 18 that may have graduated but still really need help. That are not ready to be off in the world. Would they have graduated high school, technically speaking, or no? Yes, they walk, they graduate, but they don't technically get a diploma. Okay. Because, because they're part of this transition program. It's what's, the, what's the program called? Every district does it differently. Can you give an example that said Cheshire, Wallingford, North Haven? Cheshire, Orange, for example, Ridge. their transition program is affiliated with Quinnipiac. Oh, pretty and cool. And so they do programming. I don't know exactly how it works, but they do some programming for kids that are able to handle that 
with Quinnipiac. That's so maybe amazing. they take assisted classes or depending on the level of the child's disability, some of them are transition programs that teach kids to bag groceries in the grocery store or to live, you know, semi-independently. I'm not familiar. I didn't know this existed. It's very impressive information. Eric, did you know much about this at all? Yes. You did. What what part yes. did you know about? Because, you know, help me out of here. Um, you know about the spectrum, uh, about the types of uh, types of special needs, the um, the education aspect. Uh, you know the the fact that uh, Cheshire's uh, partnered with uh, Quinnipiac. But I did have a question, Tiffany. Um, you had mentioned that there was a uh, an IQ kind of threshold of seventy. Yes. If if the child scores over seventy, do they lose the ability for some of the uh, some of the services available? No, not at all. So the services okay. that a school provides are based, you know, are not driven by that label that the school gives your child. So on their individual education plan, which is the document that gets filled out when your child qualifies for special ed. There is a selection of disabilities. They must qualify under one of those disabilities, at least one. So that, but that disability should never, ever, ever drive their program, ever. And if any school district tries to drive their program by it, that is not okay. Labels should never drive program. And so intellectually disabled is just one, or cognitively disabled is just one of those labels that they can check the box off. And one of the requirements for that box is a certain IQ. But they can have yeah. a child with a learning disability. Part of that profile is that they have an average to above average IQ. But they're not performing at the same level as their IQ. Very interesting stuff. Eric, you still there, buddy? I am, yes. Okay. Um, uh, it's because of the sunroof that I don't have any true light. Okay. Uh, Tiffany? Yes. Hi. Hi. Um, so, uh, as I understand what you were saying before, is this the, the federal government kind of mandates the educational aspect of it? Of it. And then the states, the states take their own interpretation of these and they handle it accordingly. Correct. And then each district takes their interpretation of what the state interpreted. Wow. <laughs> so, so it can get so it can get severely watered down by the time it gets to a specific school, a particular school district. Correct. And one of the things which is, you know, what I was sharing with Dave is that and Eric, is that when you, as a family, in your business, when you have families that are looking to relocate for whatever reason, is that with that, each district interpreting it themselves, every district is really different. And often a parent, yes, we can all go on the websites and look up which school districts, number one in the state of Connecticut. But when you look at that number, it doesn't take into account anything to do with special ed. It's a SAT right. score, star testing, you know, all of that mastery testing type stuff, who goes where to college, but it doesn't have anything to do with that. And if you have a child who is on 
the spectrum or has disabilities, it's very hard to know, well, just because a school has a really high rating doesn't mean it's necessarily got the best programming for your specific child. Right. It's very interesting, Eric, because one of the biggest things people always ask about the school rating, the school ratings, and you know what? I don't know if people realize or know that just because a rating is high in school that that means that their child, if they have a disability, is going to find success there. And that leads us back to you, Tiffany. Um, when a child has learned or a parent is thinking they have a child with a learning disability or the school thinks that they may have one, it's so important for somebody as a parent to have someone like you in their corner to call you up and say, listen, we think our child has a learning disability uh, or our child does have a learning disability. We need to make sure we get as much out of the system as possible to help make sure our kid gets as much help and time they need and the services that are available to them uh, as a parent and as a child so they can be truly successful. You know, as a kid growing up, the last thing you want to do is be an outsider around your friends uh, to be different, to feel different mentally or physically. Um, and having this kind of help, you know, maybe it's a little more time to read, longer task taking, um, to help them feel more secure emotionally or physically can be tremendous to them uh, in their lifelong future because of their emotional um, and mental competence. That's the word, competence. Um, so tell us a little bit about what is a 504. You also work with students who have a 504. So a 504, that is actually the number that represents the statute in the law. It's actually a law that works around students who have medical disabilities or physical disabilities. Okay. So, and that is the 504 is the document that they can get. So if you don't qualify for special education, but are still um, can qualify for some accommodations based on a medical disability. So you have to have a documented disability from a medical doctor. And that could be anything from a child with diabetes who, you know, has some medical things that are affecting their ability to learn. Um, it could be a child who was born missing a limb. So, for example, a child who doesn't have their legs could have a 504 to give them accommodations in the gym class so that they're not, you know, had points taken off or whatever for not being able to Can you give us a real example just for, if you don't mind me asking, because, you know, God forbid the extreme cases, but what would be a, a, an example you've dealt with with the five? ADD, ADHD are medical disabilities. So oh, there, really? are, there are some children who the IEP gives you a physical service, a speech and language service, a time with a resource teacher, occupational therapy that... An IEP is about physical service. A 504 is about accommodations and modifications. So it's any disability where a kid can be successful in the classroom with modifications and accommodations and not a direct service. It's amazing. So, I, I, you know, I... Someone who has migraines or a child who has, you know, many of a psychological issues, um, a child who's been out of school for a while because they've had mono or they've had some kind of medical 
car accident trauma in their life. It can be more temporary or it can be, you know, a lifelong type thing. You know, every school in their interpretation offers different options for special needs kids. And just because one offers it doesn't mean another one does. Some schools have um, contained classrooms for special needs kids where they're just special needs kids. Some do, you know, different varieties of programming. And so it's important to ask those questions. Um, as far as to your families, I would highly recommend they visit the schools, they talk to the special ed directors, they ask as many questions as they can. Um, Facebook is a wealth of knowledge too. Almost every town has a parent special ed page. Oh, that's good to know. On Eric, Facebook. Are you here still, by the way, please? I'm here. Okay, buddy. Um, they can go on to, you know, the Orange Moms special ed Facebook page and ask those questions. Or Cheshire or North Haven or Hartford. Right, correct. Got Almost it. all towns have towns, Fairfield, Hartford, West Hartford. I mean, we work over the states. So right. Different, different yeah, towns no, so almost here. every town has one. Um, if they don't, you know, they may call it the SEPTA, SEPTO page, which is the special ed PTA. How does a parent know you need to look that up on Facebook? I mean, you just type in, I mean, special ed. Special ed Fairfield, Connecticut, or, you know, you put in. Um, also, for families looking to move, there are some communities that are much more welcoming to children, especially on the autism spectrum. They have a lot of, you know, uh, youth programming for them, whether Would it's... Would you be comfortable mentioning in those areas? Watertown is phenomenal. They have a wonderful program up there for um, kids on the spectrum, and they have, you know... Yes, autism spectrum. They have, I mean, they take other kids, but they have um, a basketball program. They have a soccer program. They have a swim program. And they have a really nice community of families um, that they do a lot of wonderful stuff. Um, Fairfield has some stuff. The town of Fairfield has a, you know, a support group. Um, North Haven has a support group. Um, you know, different towns have more active or less active support groups, but they are on Facebook, they are available. And, you know, when you're moving and you're, that consideration comes in. So Eric and I, our team, realtors as a whole, we definitely need to be more, how should I say this, uh, informed and to have the ability for parents to feel comfortable to talk to us as agents about the possibility of their kids who may need some kind of special services and to help them to find the right places, put them in touch with you. Two things happen. One, they're gonna be in a better area for their kids' needs and wants. And number two, help you, for them, advocate for the most services possible. Because realistically, if you don't advocate for yourself, you don't get really what you want and need. Right. You know? That's just the and, way it works. And that's it in life and everything you do. You have to advocate. If you don't ask, Thou shalt not receive, right? Um, let's see, Eric, anything else you want to add over there? No, sir. All right. Uh, so the best way a parent learns about you, they, would, they may find out from the school, not as likely. Do you have a website? I do. It's tmkconsulting.com. We okay. do have a website. I have an active Facebook page that parents can also look on to. Okay. And um, let's see what else. Uh, 
Uh, how, what else did the parent learn to find out? Okay, so I'm, I made myself some notes to ask you some questions. So I'm just reading my notes over here. Um, so walking me through the process, just a quick little uh, roundup from today. You think your child may have a potential learning disability? Call up Tiffany Katz. Let her kind of help you. You also probably get the right people to do testing. Well, usually the school should do the testing, but not everybody knows that they have, sometimes have to ask the school or that they as a parent have a right to ask the school to do the testing. And that if they push it, the school will do the testing. Okay. So it, they have the ability to do testing outside the school, but the school does provide testing if you ask for it. Right. You can privately pay for testing, and there's wonderful evaluators out there available to anybody who's you know, wants to do that. Number two, you, once we find a way of a learning disability or some kind of disability across the board, you now go to the school, sit down with the parents and advocate for them to get them as much service as possible in all the different elements that are needed for that student. Correct. Because those students and the parents need that and you're their, you're almost like their attorney kind of, sort of. Yes. You know? So I, I play that very fine line. Okay. I am not a lawyer. I don't pretend to be one. Um, but I can often work with a family, and sometimes there does get to a point, because this is legal matters, that I will recommend a lawyer if, a, if, if a we get to that point, if the child is not successful or needs an, a placement outside of the public schools. You would think most of the time the school is going to be on point with you and the parent uh, to work with you. They would never want to be, um, I'm guessing, like a red flag. Would they? Um, it's not as much red flagged. It's especially with out of district placements and so forth. They're very expensive, and you know the school doesn't want to have to spend that money if they can come up with a way to do it within their school district. Um, and sometimes, you know, parents and schools do not see eye to eye about what needs to be done, and so it does come to a legal you know, process, that's what this is. Right. And within the process, sometimes a lawyer is necessary. Hopefully not. Hopefully you find yourself with a great girl like Tiffany Katz to help you get you what you need and want for your kids. We want to thank you so much for being with us today. It's my pleasure. I want to apologize to everybody there who's still hopefully watching this show through the technical difficulty we had. Uh, we did have some challenges across the board. Um, and I apologize for that. That's what happens to a lot though. When we go live, things can happen. But you know what? We were out. We find a way to make it happen. We make it happen for our people watching the show. Can I add one more thing, yes, please? Yes, absolutely, yes. Um, often I'm asked, why would you hire myself as your advocate as opposed to the you know 600 others that might come up if you Googled such things? Good question. And my answer to everybody out there is because all advocates, like everything else, are different. We at TMK Consultant are big believers in working with families and with schools, developing positive relationships, and creating as little animosity, if any, as possible. We want to be team players. And you want to make sure that the kid is very successful through the Absolutely. all through school. Yes. Listen. Without 
creating animosity. I'm gonna tell you something. I know Tiffany for over 20 years. God, she's that's one a of the nice. I know one of the nicest, <laughs> sweetest people we've ever met. Thank you. As a matter of fact, you look at her and you see this sweet, nice person. How could she be a tiger? The truth of the matter is, when it comes to defending your kids and making sure that your kids are well taken care of, she goes to bat for you as if your child is her own, and that means a lot. Um, you know, it's definitely something that is important to have somebody that cares about you looks out for you, and has been through it possibly themselves to know how to advocate to make sure your kid gets everything they need and want. And that's a big part of the picture. If you've been through it, you know more about it. If you haven't been through it before, it's something that is brand new, it kind of punches you in the stomach, the throat, it kind of takes your breath away, it's your kids, and all you want is for your kids, your kids to be successful, happy in life, and be able to fly and just have a great life, right? Yes, absolutely. Team Powerhouse, the Powercast here. Eric, thank you so much for being with us today. I'll be here in the car. I know you couldn't view this in person. Uh, I always miss having Eric next to me because he is uh, not only really funny, but uh, he's also good looking too. So it always makes you better for the camera. Um, <laughs> more importantly, thank you everybody for watching. We're gonna do now the famous wheel. Thank you for having me. Of who's gonna win the tumbler. Let's see who wins today. I'm reading up now. Michael House 14 is the winner of this week's Tumblr. Michael House, we are excited to get you a Tumblr. Thank you so much for watching the show, everybody. We look forward to having more and more of you watch every week. We have a tremendous amount of gets coming out over the next couple of months, lined up one after the other. Next week is going to be none other than a gentleman by the name of Wesley Eater, works for a company called Bang. They are one of the number one edible companies out there you wanna know more about. And what edibles do is not just about getting you silly, but more important, how to help you not be taking maybe hardcore medications and things you can take into your body to help you feel better. I'm excited about the next show. Thank you so much, Tiffany, for being amazing. Thank you. We look forward to seeing you guys again. Please join us on YouTube, Team Powerhouse Real Estate. TikTok, Team Powerhouse Sales, Facebook, Instagram. We love you. We appreciate you guys.